Can we read the scripture together uh, for today? It comes from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 10. If you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 10. This is the word of God. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Again, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. All right. Our passage today, we read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 10, and that is the gospel in a nutshell. It's a big nutshell, (laughs) especially if you add verses 1 to 3 to it, but if you want to understand what this Christian faith is, verse 8, if you remember, says, for by grace you have been saved through Faith. If you want to understand what this Christian faith is, then you have to get this passage. But first, let me tell you something about myself, because I'm going to use it as a kind of motif throughout this sermon. I love DIY. (laughs) Uh, I don't really like the term because it sounds so amateur. DIY, do it yourself, right? There's like a billion DIY videos on YouTube. Uh, Some of them, a lot of the ones that I've seen are really good, and some of them are really, really amateur. (laughs) But that's my reality. I am an amateur. And a lot of these things that I love, I I love fixing things, building things, making things, upcycling things. Like, I I love it. Uh, In our home right now, we have a private rooftop, and on that rooftop we have uh, like another room. And I had dreams, like when we first moved in there, I had dreams to build uh, like, a, like an awesome workshop in that room, you know, to put all of my woodworking tools and just gather up the gear and organize it and all this kind of stuff. And I was, it was going to be my, my little haven. Uh, and over those years, three years, I stockpiled this room up as I would walk around the street and I would see people throw stuff away. I would look and and I would check out if this stuff was good, if it was useful, if it was solid wood, if it was high quality. And if it was, even if they were giant like dressers, I found a way to, to, to drag it home and I would lug it up four flights of stairs and I would pack it away, pack it away, pack it away, thinking that one day I would get around to organizing it. Charles and Yuna, they, they came over to our house yesterday and they saw it. I, I saw them as they were going up to the, to the rooftop and then they peeked in the room. They're like, oh, this could be nice, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> it's just stockpiled stuff. Wood slabs, clothing drawers, metal bars, like anything that I thought could potentially be useful, I would take and I would store it in this room and it is a mess up there. 
Mina hates it. Like she hates it. Uh, and now, uh, most of it, if we do make this move to Osan, most of it will have to get thrown away. Mina's going to be like, what do you mean most of it? All of it. Like this is her dream <laughs> to throw stuff away. Um, but why do I love DIY? Why do I love this? Why do I love this whole do-it-yourself thing? I love being able to do things myself. I love uh, learning a principle and then figuring out how to apply it to other projects. You know, I was so proud of my my oldest daughter, Elise. Um, uh, she was with a friend, and her friend like showed her this this thing that she had made, this cute like drawing that unfolds and does this does this kind of uh, movement kind of transformation thing. And, and my daughter was like, Oh, cool. This is, this is really cool. And her friend very generously was like, Oh, I can teach you how to make it. And Elise, she looked at it and she's like quietly to herself, but to her friend, she goes, No, I know how to make it. She had just looked at it and kind of reverse engineered it in her, in her brain. And she knew how to, she knew how to make it. I like, I was so proud of her. Like, I, I love that. I love being able to do that. I love figuring out how to use someone else's trash and make it into better trash. <laughs> no, I, I, I love being able to repurpose, you know, pieces of something that was broken and, and tossed aside and use it to make something useful and maybe even beautiful. You know, it's, it's like, it's one thing, like if you have ever bought something that you're like, oh, I, I found the perfect, you know, side table. I love it. And, 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 and you love it. Like that's, that's a cool feeling, but it's a totally different thing when you can say, I made that. And I found like junk pieces to make it. Like I, I love it. And I love it when other people recognize it too. You know, I quietly boast in myself, you know, what other people would pay for, like, I make. And then there's something else I love about DIY, and this is probably part of my personality. With DIY, with do-it-yourself, you yourself, you get to decide how much you're going to learn, how detailed you're going to be, how hard you're going to work, what quality that you're going to be okay with. You know, you decide yourself what hours you're going to put into it, the amount of discipline that you will put forth. Like, you decide it all. It's all up to you. You know, sometimes I want to take my time and really learn the craft. I want to get the pieces to fit together perfectly, sharpen my chisels, take the time and do that, sharpen all the tools and do the thing and get stuff like not just a not just a strong joint to put two pieces together but a beautiful like a like a dovetail joint i've never done one yet but but i but i will one day but then sometimes i just got to feel like i'm accomplishing something i need to have a finished product and so then i just put stuff together using metal uh hardware so if you guys know what i'm talking about it's kind of like ikea is really good at that just just hardware but most of the time i have the intention but I end up leaving piles and piles of material strewn around haphazardly around the room. And it's just DIY, right? 
No one is depending on me to get it done. This is not my livelihood. And aside from Mina being really annoyed, like, it's fine. And I just go on with my days. It's very convenient. And so maybe all this is fine. This is kind of my hobby. Unless you're Mina. It annoys her. But here's what I realize. I am tempted constantly to DIY faith, to do it myself, to figure it out myself. I live my faith as though I know enough about the Bible to figure it out. I know enough about the gospel. I know enough about my propensity to sin. I know how to say sorry. I know how to repent. I know how to serve, even when it hurts. I know how I ought to live, and I know how to feel bad when I don't live that way. I am tempted to DIY faith because I can embrace the parts of it that I like and ignore the parts that I don't like, you know? I like that God loves me and he forgives me. I love that. I don't really like that I am called to be holy as he is holy. I like that the Bible says, if you know this passage, all things are permissible. But I don't really like that believers are called slaves to Christ. In this DIY faith, and, and you might have your own thing too, there's certain things that you like, certain things that you don't like, certain things that you think, oh, that's outdated, that's, that was from a different time, oh, God doesn't mean that, and you interpret it how you want, right? I'm tempted to DIY, do it myself. In one way, when I'm feeling really good about myself, when I'm feeling really disciplined, and good about my spirituality. I want to do it one way. And then I do it a different way when I'd rather take shortcuts or skip the disciplines or indulge in a little sin. And I'll try again tomorrow. And guys, I'm tempted to DIY faith because I want to earn salvation. I want to deserve it. I want to look at myself and have a reason to boast. Because I want to say, yes, Jesus, you paid it all. You went to the cross. You did all that for me. But look at me. Of course you want me on your team. Like I, I want to feel that. Now, all of those things are problematic in faith. But they're only symptoms of the real issue. The passage that we read today started at verse 4. And I read again, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, even when we were dead in our transgressions. See, the real issue, the reason I cannot, you cannot, no one can do it yourself, is that without Christ... We are dead. A dead corpse can't DIY anything. 
You know, in the verses just before this, Scripture goes into great detail of what, uh, of what being dead in transgressions is. The Apostle Paul, he's inspired by the Holy Spirit. He opens a window into the spiritual reality of what this death is. The condition of every man, woman, and child apart from Christ. And he describes this condition of being controlled by the world, by the devil, and the flesh. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. And you, apart from Christ, you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. We were controlled by the world, by the devil, and the flesh. The world, we, we, without Christ, we are captive to the social and value system of what Galatians 1, chapter 4 calls the evil present age. That's the world, which is hostile to God. If you've experienced this, there is a palpable hostility against this Christ who says, I am the only way and the truth and the life. The devil, the ruler of the kingdom of the air is how it's described here. John chapter 12, verse 31, describes Satan as the prince of the world. Matthew calls him the prince of demons. And Satan with his demons in the unseen world create a a spirit of the age. And they knit together just enough good with evil to make it look really good, to make it look really desirable. That's the devil. And the flesh. Now, sometimes we can blame the devil for stuff that we do. But a lot of times, we just plain sin on our own. It says we carry out the desires of the body and the mind. One commentator says, the world dominates from without, the flesh from within, and the devil from beyond. These are the terrible dynamics of spiritual death. And we were, by nature, children of wrath. In, his, in, in God's perfect holiness, in his perfect justice, we were deserving of God's wrath against sin. Now, I know nobody likes to hear this stuff. And maybe you feel like, man, John, I don't know what you're talking about. I feel, I feel pretty alive. My mind, is, my mind is quick. My body is nim- nimble. Like, I'm, I'm strong. This is what Scripture says. This is what God says. We were children of wrath, deserving of punishment. Without Christ, we are dead in trespasses and sin and children of wrath. Now, if you're like me, and you are also tempted to DIY faith, and I'm going to assume that many of you are like me, 
I'm tempted to DIY faith because, because I, I, I believe that first lie that the serpent whispered in the Garden of Eden. That first lie that wreaked havoc in all of creation and in every human heart ever since. To quote the late Pastor Timothy Keller, he describes this problem as that we believe that we can't trust in God's goodness or his commitment to our happiness. This is our, this is our core issue. This is the lie. We, we don't trust in God's goodness or his commitment to our happiness. And so we want to do it ourselves. And so me, guys, I am tempted every single day to DIY faith without Jesus, without union with him, without depending on him, without looking for him, without watching him. You guys remember WWJD? You guys remember that stuff? What would Jesus do? It's so outdated. It's so, it's so, it's, you know, it's like, I don't need to think about that. It's too gimmicky. But what did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? He left heavenly glory to be born in the dirt. He was a servant, and more than that, he was a suffering servant. He came to seek and save the lost. He came to raise the dead to life. What did Jesus do? He lived the perfect life in dependence and obedience to the Father. And then so much so, so much so that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. Jesus was crucified, guys. And if you guys know, like the images that we see that he's even got like this cloth, like from what we know historically, they were crucified naked. Just body, just in incredible pain and suffering and humility. And Jesus endured the greatest suffering in all history. Not only this physical pain, emotional pain, social pain, but he took on God's just wrath for the sin of the world. As he took your sin and my sin upon himself, he took God's wrath for that sin. What did Jesus do? He paid the punishment of the sin and death the sin and death in which you and I used to live. Maybe some of us are still living in. He became sin who knew no sin. This is Jesus. This is what he has done. I cannot DIY faith. You cannot DIY faith. We, we, we cannot do it on our own. And we can't do it like for the, for the sense of just our own sense of spirituality or well-being. And we definitely, guys, we definitely cannot do it ourselves to get salvation. Oh, but His grace. For it is by grace you have been saved. It is by grace you have been saved. That means undeserved. 
Not because we try real hard. Not because you're cute. Not even because you've had a hard enough life as it is that he should just throw you a consolation prize every so often. No, guys. It is by grace that we have been saved. This is undeserved. Not by works. You cannot figure it out on your own. You cannot manufacture a way by trying real hard or by being really innovative. You cannot do it yourself. It is the gift of God. Verse 10 goes on. For we are his workmanship. This is pretty cheesy, guys, but Jesus is the only one who can DIY. (laughs) But he's no amateur. No, he's a master. He's the master. We are his creation. We know this, right? But see, not just in a general sense. We are his artwork, his workmanship, his artwork, his masterpiece, which he is making and has made through his body and his blood. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus In Christ Jesus, in his perfect life, in his sacrificial death, in his resurrection power. See, Jesus takes what was dead and broken and makes something eternally beautiful. Guys, we who were dead in our trespasses, in our sin, are made alive with Christ, raised up in Christ. And just like every master craftsman does, he does it with his bare hands, his nail-pierced hands. It is by grace that we are saved the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. 2 Corinthians 10, 17, Paul says, hey, if you're going to boast, boast in the Lord. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. Now listen, guys, we can never be saved by good works. But this is, this is so cool. See, God's word right here, it cuts through our tendency to either want to work for salvation or our tendency to slack off and to cheapen grace. We can never be saved by good works, but we're created for good works. This is God's amazing grace, his amazing work that he brings us to life. He raises us us up from slavery to sin and death to the heights of the heavenly places with Jesus. And then he energizes us with the Holy Spirit to live in gratitude, to live in love, and join him in good works. 
this is this is this is amazing. This is this is what God has called us to. This is this is His masterpiece and what He is doing in each one of us who is in Christ. What are the good works? What are the good works? You know, we sang earlier, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. Are you a teacher? And may your teaching and your preparing and your relating with students and their issues and their efforts and their futures, may it be as praise poured out to the Savior. Are you in business? Then may your dealings and your tax filing and your even your products and the things that you are doing, may that be as praise poured out before the throne of God. Are you a student? Are you a parent? Are you a friend? Are you a neighbor? May our lives be a testament that Jesus crossed, which was meant to kill, is our victory. Amen? Let's pray. God, I confess that I am so tempted to just do it myself, to do it my own way, to take some of the stuff that I like from your word and ignore a bunch of other stuff. I'm tempted to want to earn your favor, to earn your grace, to earn salvation. I'm tempted to to cheapen your grace by just living how I want. But God, may we see here today it is by grace that we've been saved because of your great love for us. It is by grace that we've been saved. This is a free grace, O oh God, but it was so costly. It cost you, Jesus, it cost you your life, your body and your blood. And may we receive it, God. May we live in it. May we live truly. May we live truly. May we live as we are called to live, O oh God. Would you strengthen us, O oh God? Would you pour out your spirit in us that we would live in you, with you, for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.